Welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast, your home for authentic, effective, and socially integrated sales strategies to help you master the art of selling. Join your co-hosts, Larry Levine and Daryl Amy, along with some of the world's best sales thought leaders and practitioners as we explore ways to help you grow your sales. And welcome back to the Selling from the Heart podcast. Your co-host, Daryl Amy, here today with Larry Levine. What's going on, Larry? It, you know what, Daryl? There's so much stuff going on that uh, where do I even start? Well, but, I you mean, know, you got to start somewhere, right? And this is uh, <laughs> such an incredible time to be in the sales profession. Okay, well, thanks for cutting me off. I was going to say something, but that's well, okay. I'm going to let you roll. You just, you, oh, come on. All right. What no. is it, Larry? Where, no. What is lighting your fire these days? You, ru you ruined the moment. Let's just move on. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's All right. So you you hear I hear fear in the air. Damn oh, it. that's <laughs> going to be an entertaining episode. By the way, if you've joined us and you're new to the Selling from the Heart podcast, welcome. You've joined a growing, irreverent, slightly community of sales professionals that are dedicated to being genuine, being authentic, adding true value. We call it Selling from the Heart. And uh, Larry, we've we've got a fantastic guest today. I think this is going to be a topic that uh, is extremely engaging to our audience. So why don't you introduce our guest and, and let's dive into this, what I know is going to be a fun and inspiring discussion. Yeah, because I think we're going to learn some words and some acronyms we haven't heard before. So I'm really excited about this one. But, um, you know, Paul Howery and I, we probably met and it hasn't been that long but it's just, you know, it's just interesting because I'm a firm believer that, you know, in the world of sales, salespeople can write, um, though they may have difficulties and people may not agree that salespeople can write. But that's how Paul and I met was because we both started commenting on each, commenting on each other's blogs mm. and we just struck up immediately. We just struck up a really great friendship, which we've been speaking now on and off for gosh, the last couple months. And I said, you know what, what better person to come on the Selling from the Heart podcast than Paul Howery, because we both speak and live with heart first. So without further ado, welcome Paul Howery to Selling from the Heart podcast. Uh, pleasure to uh, hang out with you guys. Man, a total gift. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have a blast. And uh, you're, you're, we're, this is going to be fantastic for our audience. I already know, but you know where we always start, and I, I want to throw this out to you. I think this is going to be a total softball of a question, but you know, what does it mean to you when you hear the word Selling from the Heart, Paul? Uh, selling from the heart, it's, it's so straight and simple. It's, it's anything in life. Um, people are buying you before they'll buy anything that you're going to provide, whether it's a service, a system, a product. The fact of the matter is, when we meet somebody, we're showing up and we're assessing, are they our friend or are they our, our foe? You know, do we have, are they someone, it's a split second where we go, oh, I like this person. Now we can get stuck in confirmation bias, yes, but the next part of it is, oh, they're cool. I wonder if they can help me. I wonder if I can help them. And then we, we move on from there and we get into that great place. But it always starts with that presence and that connection first, where the, you, you begin to create belonging. And yeah. it's in the belonging that someone says, because I'm yours and you're mine, I'm gonna commit to learning about you and, and 
we can you do something beneficial to each other. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, you know, it's interesting. And, and um, for the listener's sakes, Paul and I have had some pretty in-depth conversations around this. But what's really interesting in, in listening to what you just said, Paul, is, you know, it's that whole sense of belonging. But in order to do that, what, I, what I'm encouraging our listeners to do is we have to bring the best version of ourselves in the beginning. And, you know, you talk about, you know, people will size you up in, in seconds, right? Friend or foe, you know, they'll size you up in seconds, BS or not. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's instantaneous. Uh, it can be from uh, the conflated language we put on our profiles. Oh my gosh. Uh, it could, or, or in our product stuff, you know, like, yes. hey, this is the most robust, man. I hear ro- robust. I'm like, <laughs> oh, now. Um, However, if I have someone that says, hey, what you doing there? Um, how could I help? And it's genuine and it comes from the right, right place. Um, you know, I may not have anything to help you if I can. If I don't, I will find somebody to help you because if we belong together, we do that for each other. We kind of have each other's back. And that's, that's that kicker. And, and we can get to that point really quickly. And it's so fragile that we can destroy it in a moment. Mm. So what, what does destroy that? I mean, you're, I, I agree with you hundred percent, you know, friend or foe, um, right off the bat. And, and, but I mean, what in, from your experience, what puts you in the foe category right away? We've already, I mean, we've already identified some stuff, right? Which is the, what conflated. I'm going to have to look that word up. In the oh, dictionary. Okay. See, there we go. There we go. Right there. Big made up words. <laughs> exactly. No, I was laughing because I was. Hey, was that a Scrabble word, by the way, Paul? Hey, no, that- don't mess with me on Scrabble. Oh, hey, oh, hey, um, yeah, my mother-in-law has decided to take me on a words with friends, and it is not good for our relationship. But um, I digress. <laughs> what? <laughs> You know, the conflated vocabulary, the verbose language uh, can put us in the faux, faux column pretty quickly. What are some other things that, that kind of just flag that um, fear right away? Um, aside from the, the, those instant micro signals that we get right out the gate, a smile, a nod, mm-hmm. uh, an affirming look. Um, I was talking with a guy about uh, belonging and how it mattered. And, and, I, and I do put this into play. Um, and he goes, it doesn't matter. You know, they're paying for this. I'm paying for that. I'm paying them from their work. And so I simply just turned my attention away from him. Yeah. And instantaneously is like, Hey, I thought we were in this together. And so I said, hey, <laughs> I thought belonging didn't matter. I thought belonging didn't matter. So I go, so I go, Hey, so tell me when you walk into a room, what's the first thing that you notice. I mean, you're looking for something. If you don't get an affirming look, you think, oh, this room's full of a-holes. Mm-hmm. But then there's the second thing, and it says, what's wrong with me? Mm. And I said that to him, and he's like, oh, shit. Oops, I wasn't supposed to swear. Um, and uh, he's like, when people walk into my office. Yeah. And, and there was this boom, aha, in the space. And by the way, I'm, I'm a coach and I work with people to help them get to those better places. And right. That's my job. But it's the same thing in, in a product and how it's presented. It's the same thing when you meet somebody for the first time. It's the same thing when you show up on, in your LinkedIn before somebody's checking you out because you just got a word from them. Um, actually, here's a good example of this. I had somebody send me, please try my product before you even said hi to me. There was none right. of that affirming nod 
mm. in the room that said, I belong. Right. So why should I buy his product if I don't belong? <laughs> and it's so funny because, you know, as sales professionals, uh, we'll be the first to, you know, immediately when anything e-commerce or AI or anything gets brought up, we're like, people buy from people, you know, and, and all this stuff. We, you need us. And then, then we'll be also be the first to, to like totally write off the interpersonal dynamics of, of selling. It's so funny, actually. Uh, but I mean, this is, this is really, really important because if they're, if you get put in the faux column, uh, right away, um, F O E or F A U X to use our, <laughs> right? Like Either one lands you there. Poser, right. <laughs> if you get put in that column off the bat, um, you gotta, you just put up a big hurdle to get over if it's well, even possible, right? Yeah, I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw something out. In 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 what about digital foe? And here's where I'm going with this. Okay. <laughs> no, let's let's think about it because if you and and I'll use Paul's example. So if you know that person who walks into that room, as Paul used that, you know, Paul said, right? There yeah. might be sizing people up, right? Do they like me or do they not? And so forth. Okay, so now let's think about this now that we live in a digitally driven world and everybody's connected. Now, how do you appear online? Are you friend or foe? Mm -hmm. And that's what I, you know, and that's what I got out of just listening to this over the last couple of minutes is okay, I'm gonna throw my sales hat on on this. Yeah. Am I positioning myself as a friendly person who's there to help? Mm. Or I'm or I'm positioning myself as a foe, which is just a sales. However, you want to fill in the blank with that, but I yeah. think you all get where I'm going with this, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and I I think it's just and I'm really sensitive to this, and I'm really critical of it. And as salespeople out there, is how do we position ourselves is going to greatly impact how we are open up a conversation and potentially start a relationship. And are you welcoming somebody in? Are right. you creating that warm environment? Or are yeah. you going, you know what, I'm just, and I spoke about, I think I did a video on this a couple of days ago. So if you're acting like a, a, a stupid salesperson face to face, which I know that part of what we have to do is sell. Mm -hmm. But if you're positioning yourself, you know, amongst all the sameness people that are out there face to face and you're doing it online, then what? What are you guys doing? There's no difference. You see where I'm going with this? Oh, yeah. Well, and, that, and that's where, um, to go back to the what breaks trust kind of component, if you're the status quo that's been given this message of, oh, I'm, I'm walking onto a, a used car lot. Right. So car lot people, didn't mean to cause that, but uh, it's that same thing. If, you, if it walks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Right. So don't be a duck. Right, um, and that means, and, and what we all really want at this point. I mean, I'm talking to the CEO, and he's just like, "Oh, belonging. How do we create that?" I mean, we're visual beings, right out the key, uh, flat out. That's that's it's hardwired into us. Micro expressions, your smile, and it's not about practicing practicing it so that you're inauthentic or not genuine. Right, we can also pick that up on a on a dime. Mm -hmm. But it's that. Do the eyes smile and the same with the mouth? If the mouth is giving the serious, because you're, you're in with somebody in a serious moment and you're there present with them. Right. But your eyes are distracting and looking somewhere else or showing maybe malcontent. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I don't want to talk to this guy. This, guy's like, this guy doesn't know what he's doing or this gal doesn't know what he's doing. 
Mm-hmm. You got to get out of that space and show up as a curious and empathetic and optimistic human for them. Um, I call that being a CEO. Um, when you're curious, empathetic, and optimistic, and just connecting with somebody, whether it's your digital yeah. footprint on the on the literature standpoint, on your image standpoint, yeah, on, on your positioning, you know, yeah. you know, saying they suck triggers they suck in somebody's mind, and if they suck in somebody's mind, comes back and and gets redirected back to you because you had an errant look, yeah, you're setting yourself up potentially for failure right out the gate. If you wow. can show them that you're there and the friend. And on top of that, now you are their advocate to put a superhero cape on them. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Right. I love this CEO acronym, by the way. That's about to get. I'm stealing that, dude. I'm about to get taped on my monitor. That one has just been stolen. Yeah. Well, that is, I mean, I blogged about being curious yesterday because I think that's one of the most overlooked aspects of, of sales. And I also blogged about being optimistic the day before. This positive <laughs> attitude. Cause I was, I noticed myself. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a, <laughs> my 14 year old yesterday was like, dad, why are you so happy all the time? I'm like, well, I don't know. You know, it's a good way to live. You should try it out. But, <laughs> but uh, you know, <laughs> you should try it out. Yes. Hey, please, hey, please hey, Paul, you, hey, hey, Paul, you know where, you know where Daryl learned it? When he was a kid, he ate a happy meal every day. Ah, uh, geez. Uh, thanks, Larry. Wait, who uh, doesn't love McDonald's fries? They make you happy. Uh, yes. <laughs> But that, that whole thing is, is, you know, I noticed in myself just, you know, I mean, the, the reality of, of the, the business world and, you know, just life and rejection and hassles and all of that, it can, it can chip away at the positive attitude mm-hmm. and certainly chip away at your desire to be curious versus <laughs> good Lord, can we, you know, can we move this forward? And, um, you know, and all of that and the empathy as well. And I think those are, you know, I, I had this personal realization this week that I've got to stoke the fires of positive attitude in the morning. I recommitted to winning the morning and, and all of that. Um, and quite frankly, it's making a difference, um, a noticeable difference in my life and, and all of that. But man, these, these things, uh, people pick up on that. And Larry, you're talking about picking up on that digitally. Look, in this world, the first time we meet people more often than not nowadays is digitally right? I'm meeting people left and right through LinkedIn, um, through digital conversation, even, even through emails. Like, how do we communicate um, positive positivity and curiosity and empathy? Or how, I mean, how do I not? And I'll say I probably don't do it more than I do. And, and it's a choice. And what you said earlier, you started doing this, you're getting up, you're kind yeah. of and capturing that thing. It is a choice to be I'm going to go back to it, to be a CEO. Right. Uh, and that means that when choosing to be curious, you're, you're holding back judgment and pushing it aside. Mm. In empathy, you're choosing to care and let that care touch you versus being distant and separate, which, by the way, these two things really, if you don't have that, to go to that early question of breaking trust, Yeah. judgment breaks trust. Uh, lack of empathy or distance, it's, it's banishment, yeah. creating, breaks trust. And then optimism is, is that, that third component. If you don't have that, um, then you get stuck in the realist side. And, and mm-hmm. realism is awesome because it tells us what we should do to change the game. Because realism tells us, no, this is what we're stuck with. This is what we can do. Optimism right. says, no, I believe more. 
Yeah. And, and it sometimes flies in the face of the evidence, especially with people. Um, that's yeah. one of the things I, I love about where I am with, with Go Coaches. We practice this stuff. And yeah. Our coaches have practiced this stuff. And, and what that does is that changes how people come to it. Now, think about it. If you give that to somebody, mm-hmm. all of a sudden, they are like, oh, this is a gift. And when somebody receives a gift like that, especially when they're trying to solve their, their woe to get to their level of aspiration. Right. When, when that happens and you give that to them, now you're no longer selling. Oh, that's you're so giving cool. and somebody wants to invest back in you. So you keep giving to them. Right. You're serving. So, that's hey, so good. Hey, Paul, I got a, I got a question for you. And, and I'm, I'm going to, let me set it up this way is, you know, we always ask our guests cause we asked you, you know, what's it mean to sell from the heart? And I always ask, you know, people when I go out and speak and I work with sales teams, you know, it's one of the things, what's it mean to sell from the heart? Everyone always gives the answers. And I said, okay, what prevents people from doing that? And then, you know, it opens (laughs) up even further conversation. So Mm -hmm. I really like this CEO acronym that you used. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd like to get your response if I flip this thing around. What prevents people from being a CEO? Oh. oh, I can, I can answer that for myself from just my yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the listeners, they can't see this, but I have a model behind me. It's called fear, belonging, and aspiration. And our world is characterized, and this is, this is going to answer it, I guarantee you, at least from my perspective, I should say. We have fear, and that is, you know, make a mistake. We're going to screw up, uh, get in trouble, you name it. That's, that's part of human management. If we didn't have that, we'd fall off cliffs. We need it. Right, right. Aspirations, you know, we always want something better. We want to dream. We, we basically, from our, if we talk to our early formation time, whether it's creation or whether it's you know, evolution, who cares? We didn't want to starve, so we're always looking for a better way to do something. And, and in that space, um, those, are, those are aspirations, great things we want to do. As individuals, those great things are always out of reach. And it's in belonging that we make that happen. When we step, and this is where the failure happens, is when we step out of belonging, we go into just individual land. Mm-hmm. And this is the way our work world primarily is constructed, which is unfortunate, which is why I love the construct of selling from the heart of uh, yeah. thing when I was looking at it, is when we're in belonging, we can pool our, our, our pooled strengths, our pooled heart, and our pooled um, intellectual abilities. When we do that, we start doing great things. So our fear, when it wins and we're out of balance in our need for fear, because it helps us survive, and our need for aspiration and our belonging, when we get that out of balance, our aspirations can become fear, and our fear obviously is fear, and we get stuck. And then we get in this pattern because our, our neurochemistry gets all screwed up. We lose our oxytocin and serotonin. Hmm. Um, those are the, that's our, uh, our love chemical and our confidence chemical in our brain. When we have those in full force, we're massively cool team players. When we don't, we kind of suck. Um, we're looking out for ourselves. We're not watching each other's back. Um, we're not making the considerations we need to do to ensure that the tribe goes forward. Hmm. Uh, and, and, and that's where I would say when, when we, when that fail happens, that's when it happens. I can speak for myself. If I get caught and then it's that I'm the only one who can do this, or if it's, if I see that some crazy thing 
it's stuck on myself because I don't have this where I currently am, so it's self-imposed. And we can do this self-imposed or it can be externally imposed. You can have a whole sales force, for example, that is your individual contributors, your individual contributors, and if you don't meet your numbers, you're fired. Or you can say, help a brother, help a sister, make those numbers and get better so that we all go forward and the tribe is taken care of. And what we will do for each other will always surpass what we do for ourselves. Hmm. That'd wow. be my argument. Wow. Did that answer it? I'm, I'm like, my mind is spinning now thinking about all this and the implications. And, you know, I've also have this, this part of myself that's like, oh man, geez, I got into sales originally because I could be independent. But <laughs> what a lie, right? Yeah. Well, I, it, it, it used to be that way a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is, this is, we live in a, we, the, we, we have, look at this. Um, we're in all different parts of the country mm -hmm. and we're hanging out over this digital space, right? Uh, connecting and so on. At one point, you know, we were lucky to come across and get maybe 15 deep connections with somebody in our lives. And that would take right. the time because the proximity. Now we're exposed to all sorts of millennials are exposed to it. Ton of this. They've lived in it where I can tell you I'm 55. So I'm an old guy. Yeah. And so I had to become a, a millennial and a boomer body now. Um, <laughs> but it's that exposure that changed the game. It's no longer do we go, no, this is just what I have to do and you're gonna suck it up and, and life's gonna be rough and I'm gonna have to be cutthroat. Now we find out that if we go into that space, we accidentally cut our own throats mm. because we're, we're no longer greater than ourselves. Because the only way we're greater than ourselves is to join together. Yeah. Wow. Man, Larry, what in the world? This is great. Well, you know, and, and so but, but here, revolutionary. But, no, it is. I, I mean, it, I love hearing this stuff, but it's like, you know, I can just imagine and I'm just going to play devil's advocate on this and it's no, and, and you guys, please don't take it a bad I'm way. I'm going to take it personal. No, you're I know you're a loner. <laughs> No, no, you're in the faux column. Forget it. No, but here's some thing. negative signals, Larry. No, I don't I'm like not, no, dude, I'm not going to put out negative signals. I've just been in sales bullpens my whole life. And I'm going to go, okay, I can just imagine, you know, a, a team of 25, 30 salespeople right now listening right. to this, right? All probably mentally throwing their middle fingers up at, at us. Going, <laughs> There's just no way, right? I got to make sure I'm number one. I'm going to do whatever I can to be number one because I don't give a rat's backside about the other 23 people on my team or 24 people. But, but you know, it works so well in a sports world, right? Oh, I know yeah. it does. Mm -hmm. But if we're going to make so many analogies in sales to sales and sports, then it can work in sales, but it's that whole individual approach. And that's why I'm going, you know what, tribe, sense of belonging and all that those are just words that somehow just don't mesh in many sales teams but if they can understand the concept around it imagine what could happen because the mm -hmm. first thing that you're going to establish is culture oh absolutely um i mean if you were to look at a sales team and go no i want an elite navy seal sales team where the objective is this way bigger objective that any individual salesperson could ever meet and make sure that 
uh, we'll call it the guts and the glory go to everybody in that case. Mm-hmm. I mean, that team is going to be celebrated to the hilt. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're, now you're making a thing where, oh, wait a minute. Every sale matters. My brother, my sister's sale matters. And let's just face it. If you want super high pro- production and ability, and I, I don't put the focus probably should be more on ability than the production side. Right. Because is when you tag that and you make, and in a way you're influencing people to be responsible to that. So you have right. to sell that. To them. And guess what? You have to sell that. It has to be, uh, you have to evangelize and bring somebody into that space. Mm-hmm. Because when they do that, that SEAL team is practiced together. Not that the highest technical thing mattered the most, not that highest dollar, not that best shot. No, what matters the most is they're going to make sure that they succeed as a team at the highest levels so much so that they won't even leave a dead body behind Mm -hmm. now why not bring that into the business world with that kind of heart and care yeah i mean you want to see i mean instead of going oh no they're dead weight we're going to cut them off go no we're going to help them walk better, show them how to carry back. Maybe we've got the wrong strength being attached to them and we're making them work in their weakness. Wow. Whereas their strength could be picking up the slack where maybe I suck a little bit in the space, AKA the concept of a team. Like yeah. if you had a football team with, a, with uh, what is it, uh, 11 quarterbacks on the field, it's probably not going to go very well. You know, Paul, I see this in terms of the team, but I also see this in terms of of selling. And if you think about the fear, belonging, and aspiration, I mean, I was, and and this is kind of how I sell. It's how I teach people to sell in terms of, you know, I'm a solution selling guy. So let's look at the aspiration, right? What are your business goals? How can we how can we help you achieve those goals? And, you know, what are the obstacles in the way? How can we help you overcome those obstacles, which is is good. I mean, the aspiration side is great, but I think uh, we neglect the belonging part of mm-hmm. it in terms of, and the belonging is, is the trust, right? It's that it is that's trust plus, right? <laughs> right. Um, no. And, and if, if you really think about that, even the relationship uh, with the seller and the the buyer, Mm-hmm. it's it's all that unless you're a commodity right <laughs> if you want to be a commodity that's fine well but... don't be a commodity you're, you're gonna work <laughs> yourself out of a job right commodities right. don't need uh, sales people um but it, but it's that moment and let's just face it our work world mm-hmm. and this affects the sales world right uh, is constructed in carrot and stick um yeah. and if you think about aspirations too there are sub layers of aspirations you know, what's my aspiration for this week? I got problems I have to solve in that week. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm selling to a problem, all it takes is that problem. I bump my head and there's a bigger problem that comes into play. Right. But we don't replace very easily our aspirations. And so uh, if it's developing a salesperson, it could be, what are, the, what are your sub-aspirations that always put you into moving forward towards the big game? Mm-hmm. Um, and now the problems you solve, which have the value in selling towards, they have a, they have a, a much stronger backstop as opposed to oh the wind just blew and there's a new problem here that matters more and well the sale's gone. Right. I mean it's it's the same thing for us in anything that we're doing. You know it's just interesting though I think of you know salespeople that when we talk about you know the 
a solution type sale where we're asking about business goals and aspirations and all of that. And they go, well, my prospect won't tell me that kind of stuff. It's like red flag. There's no belonging, right? <laughs> right. There's no, no trust. That, that means right there, there's fear. Yes. And fear is in the way of even becoming tribal with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So how, let's talk about that as we kind of wrap up uh, here and man, what a great conversation, but I mean, how, so you talk a lot about building tribes and you help, help organizations create a, a tribal leader and culture and all of that, which I think is fascinating by the way, we'll have to have you back to talk in depth about this, but the, how did, I mean, salespeople are kind of tribal leaders for their clients, right? In terms they of should, uh, they, they should be, they absolutely. Should be, right? They could be tribal leaders. I mean, what if, what if we started to see ourselves as tribal leaders, especially in the B2B space where, you know, the good old CEB says there are 6.8 decision makers. Uh, <laughs> you know, that, that, that is a tribe, right? That's a group. Mm-hmm. Um, and how, how, I mean, oh my goodness, what if we started to think of ourselves as tribal leaders and, and, I mean, what could that look like in the sales? So, well, so, but, but, but yeah, but you know, what's, what's interesting about that is how, ma- how many of those people think they are, but it gets squashed for other reasons. Oh, there's so many external forces. Because like I say, like, well, even sales from the heart, you say that and you are at that point a countercultural position. Mm-hmm. Because sales is, am I getting my ROI? Am I getting my money? Am I getting this? Am I getting that? And that's not tribal. That's transactional. Mm. And once the brain goes into that space, it's in a scarcity mindset and it's in restriction. And now you're fighting against the almighty saber tooth dollar. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are in tribe with somebody, no, you're, you're there, you're presenting. And, and I'll say, um, even just call it tribal membership. Mm-hmm. because um, a leader in the typical sense, people are their leader, they're in the head. No, the, the leader is the one that makes everybody else succeed mm-hmm. and you're putting that cape. And so if you're in tribe with them to really make them succeed so that they and you as now becoming one tribe, one company and another company, you know, people used to talk about us in partners. And the reason I don't use partners is because partners still has a transactional conveyance to it. Mm-hmm. I say, no, we're in tribe together. That means there's a big circle and we're protecting each other and I'm doing it by what I'm helping you with. And you're doing it by helping me be sustained by your tribe. Man. Wow. That was a kumbaya moment. (laughs) (laughs) Let's all hold hands. Let's all hold hands over campfire. Mm, Kumbaya. It's hard to do because I mean, if you think of it this way, so we're sitting here and Larry gives us a disgruntled look and we're like, what the F? This is irritating. <laughs> and, and, now, and, and, and now we have to get through our tribal discord right. before getting back into belonging. Oh, man. This is so good. Paul, thank you so much for joining us this week. And <laughs> I am, uh, I'm, I'm, my, you've stretched my mind. So, and I'm encouraged as well. And I know our audience is... Uh, well, I'll tell you what, you got to follow this guy. We'll put his, his uh, social information in the show notes. Any final words of wisdom as we land the plane here today, Paul? You know, um, I can uh, work at being a CEO. Be curious, ah. uh, have empathy, and be, and be optimistic because that prevents you from being judging. It keeps you in to going towards belonging with somebody. 
And it always tells you that you can always do something more, even though everything else says you can't. Oh man, fantastic. Well, thanks for joining us. And, um, and this, I'm so encouraged and inspired on this. This is an actually, quite frankly, challenged. Um, so thank you. And thank you everyone for joining us. By the way, when, when you listen to this episode and boy, just two or three weeks, we're going to all be at Outbound. I hope you can join us. Uh, go to outboundconference.com. And when you register, if there's any tickets left uh, by the time this comes out, enter the discount code HEART100. And uh, we'll see you there. It's going to be a power pack conference, Larry. I can't wait to hang out with you. Like, like I like I always say, it's the Bohemian Rhapsody of sales conferences. And what's that you know, supposed to mean? It's like a rap <laughs> show, man. Yeah. But don't you know what Bohemian Rhapsody is? Come on, Mama, dude. just killed a man. What? The, what? <laughs> Whether, uh, see, that's such a boomer reference. (laughs) (laughs) Listeners probably don't even know what the Bohemian Rhapsody is. Oh, dude, trust me. There's millennials and there's younger generations that know what Bohemian Rhapsody is because most of them just saw the movie. Hey, my 14-year-old sings it with me as we drive down the road. Hey, thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, Thank you, Until next week, keep being genuine, keep being authentic, keep adding real value, be the CEO, and most of all, sell from the heart.